0: of Paul Helvey, and a particular welcome if you're visiting with us today. Uh, it's great to see you. We hope you can join us for a coffee or a tea after the service. Uh, no announcements really this morning, apart from one, which is that it's somebody's birthday today. It's Jerry McCann's birthday. I won't tell you how, how old he is. All I say is he's, he's, he's wearing well for a man of 80. That's all I'm saying. Um, but Gerry... Uh, Congratulations, I think she's singing Happy Birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jerry. Happy birthday to you, you go. Don't applaud him, he hasn't done anything in the minute. And if he's going red, that's not because he's embarrassed, it's just because he's just back from Texas and he's been for a month. We you have a special day and it's great to have you back. We're going to begin our worship this morning in the words of, uh, oh, beg your pardon, there is one, so I'm had given me one before, just as we came in. Um, Afternoon tea that had been scheduled for the 26th of July is going to have to be postponed, I'm afraid, so that that will be happening, but it's not going to happen on the 26th of July as planned, so uh, keep your eyes and ears open and another date will be forthcoming in the future. Those are all our announcements. So let's begin our worship in the words of hymn number 465 Be Thou My Vision. Let's worship God together. join our hearts together in prayer now let's pray Father in heaven once more we gather here once more we meet to sing and to pray to reflect and to worship we sit in our same seats among the same people at the same hour on the same day of the week and there is a blessed rhythm and reassurance in that that we treasure. But let us not leave this place the same as we entered. Catch us off guard today. Surprise us with some moment of connection or insight, some moment of realization which shed light on life's way. Startle us into seeing, That you are with us here in all your splendor, always and everywhere, barely hidden, beneath, beyond, and within this life that we breathe. We live such little lives, Lord, little and yet so full. We wake and fall into the routines of the day, some consciously without even thinking. And the time flies, and before we know where we are, we're caught up in the business of living without pausing for so much as a glance in your direction. The urgent, the habitual, the necessary, the unexpected, these things shape the contours of our days. And in giving them our full attention, we forget the more important less pressing business of remembering you. So at the beginning of this service, when for once we are still, and the voices around us, if not within us, are silent, we pause and we take a moment to realize that you are here, waiting for our company, and to bless us with the gift Of your presence. Father, we bless you that though at times we forget you, you still remember us, for our names are written on the palms of your hands. Forgive our distractedness and the ways subtle and obvious in which we turn away from you day after day. Forgive us for falling into sin that we could have avoided if we'd made time to remember your call in our lives and asked for your help and for your strengthening. Forgive us for forgetting that which isn't immediately before our eyes. A person in need of a visit or a call, those people far away who need our prayers and support. Lord, help us to remember, to remember you and allow ourselves to be channels through which your love and mercy and grace might flow out into the world. The world that you love and died to redeem. So Lord hear these and all our silent prayers which we offer in the name of our friend and our saviour Jesus Christ who taught us to pray together saying our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the Lord. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our reading this morning is taken from the book of 1 Samuel in the Old Testament, 1 Samuel one and reading verses 1-2. To 20, and Francois Van Nieker is going to read for us.
1: Morning. Uh, 1 Samuel 1, the birth of Samuel. There was a certain man from Ramathan, a Zophite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zoph, the Ephraimite. He had two wives. One was called Hannah, and the other Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife Penina and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he gave a double portion, because he loved her, and the Lord had closed her womb. And because the, the Lord had closed the womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Elkanah, her husband, would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons?" Once, when they had finished eating and drinking at Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on a chair by the doorpost of the Lord's temple. In bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. And she made a vow, saying, O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her her son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head." As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, "'How long will you keep on getting drunk? Get rid of your wine.' "'Not so, my Lord,' Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled, and I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, May your servant find favour in your eyes. And she went away and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning they arose and worshipped before the Lord, and then went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah lay with Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time Hannah conceived and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, Because I asked the Lord for him. Amen.
0: Thanks, François. We're going to sing together again. It's number 567. Focus my eyes on you, O Lord. And we'll sing this one through twice and we'll remain seated to sing. Let's pray together. Lord, we bless you that when we come to this time, although 10% of us like the iceberg is above the water, 90% is beneath the surface. And nobody knows and nobody sees, but you know and you see. So as we... Tend to your word and to your presence with us. We ask this morning that you would speak to those subterranean places in our hearts and minds and in our spirits. Where we most need to hear your word. Where we most need to receive something from you this morning. That will help us in our living. That will reconnect us with you and your power and your love. And will reassure us of our place in this world we are known and loved by the God of all. So Spirit we ask you to take these words and to connect them with our lives in ways that will bring lasting hope and the power and the desire for change. So hear our prayers because we ask them in Christ's name. Penina had children, but Hannah did not. Just seven short words, but words that meant a whole world of sorrow for Hannah. Bad enough not being able to conceive, ten times worse when your husband's other wife gets pregnant the drop of a hat. He didn't have the problem. Hannah did. The whole village knew it and Penina never let her forget it. Fussing over her children, making a big show of anything that they did for her, smirking as she hung her clothes out and their clothes out on the line eyeing her when Elkanah took their youngest and bounced him on his knee. Can you see Hannah there, trying to keep her dignity? Busying herself with her pots and her pans. She doesn't want Penina to have the pleasure of seeing her upset, but having to make that kind of effort all day, every day, in your own home, Well, that takes its toll. Chosen childlessness is one thing. Involuntary childlessness is another. Especially when your love rival lives under the same roof as you and positively delights in your infertility. I found myself trying to imagine Hannah's in her life wondering how she would be feeling pick any word from a long long list inadequate angry disappointed envious hard done by frustrated bitter humiliated afraid afraid of divorce possibly afraid of daring to hope again it's just a little window into how she must have been feeling and Elkanah in his well-meaning way would hold her and soothe her when things got bad as they always did when they went to worship at Shiloh each year it's okay honey it's okay don't I mean more to you than ten sons? and she pretended that that made things all right but this wasn't about her feelings for him was about how she felt about herself. Because as every year slipped by and every faint glimmer of hope was snuffed out and every teenage bride in the village started showing after just five months of marriage, she felt it more and more. What use was a wife if she couldn't have children? That was how her culture taught her to think. Now let's stop and listen carefully for a moment. Let's listen into what Hannah's hearing because it's pretty much all that she's able to hear just now. Do you hear that voice on the wind? Do you hear what it's saying? It's saying That's what Hannah's culture is whispering to her all the time. And that's what she's come to believe about herself. Sometimes our sadnesses and our disappointments run so deeply within us that unless they're checked in some way, they will eventually come to define us if we let them. Who are you, Hannah? I'm a childless woman. Her identity has become almost completely bound up with that one aspect of her being. And I wonder if you know anyone who's a wee bit like that. And maybe you know something of that tendency within yourself to define yourself almost solely by something that has come to dominate your life. I'm anxious. I'm sad. I'm ill. I'm alone. I'm in despair. These things can loom large In all of our lives, from time to time, that happens to everyone. But when they get so deeply rooted that they become our default, the place that we live out of, then that's a sign that our thinking and our living have got out of balance. A few months ago, I made a lovely discovery. In English, in the English language, we would tend to say, I am sad, or I am angry, or I am sick. But in Scots or Irish Gaelic, they say it a wee bit differently. They say, sadness is on me. Anger is on me. Sickness is on me. And I love that because in Gaelic, they acknowledge the presence of the thing that's difficult, but they don't identify themselves with it. The sadness, the anger the sickness aren't who I am. There's something that is on me for the moment, but they're not the last word on who I am. And Hannah had to learn that about herself. She needed to find a better story to live out of than her childlessness. And that's what she finds on her next trip to Shiloh. Now at first it's the same old, same old. Penina gets up to her old tricks and Hannah cracks with the strain of it. And so she takes herself off to the temple to pray, completely distraught. And we need to give her some credit for that. Going to God when we're hurting isn't the easiest path to take, especially when we feel that God is partly to blame for our problems. Some folk prepare to take the road bitterness rather than the road to prayer. I knew a man who pitched his tent in the outskirts of bitterness for over half a century because of something he blamed God for and it ate him away from the inside out. Some choose the road to bitterness, others prefer to deny the pain that life brings them and pretend it isn't real or to numb it In a hundred different ways but none of those solutions last for long because they're based in denial and a hiding from the truth so let's give Hannah some credit for taking her anger and her pain to the right place which is the place of prayer read the Psalms they are full of voices like Hannah's voices asking why how long where are you what now would far rather have us voice that stuff in honesty than try and deny it or hide it away so there in the temple in the right place hannah pours out all her pain to god as eli watches discreetly from his shadowy corner and she says almighty lord look at me your servant see my trouble and remember me don't forget me If you give me a son, I promise that I will dedicate him to you for his whole life. Now naturally when we hear that prayer, we focus on the plea for a child because that's what the story is all about. That's her prayer. But did you notice the prayer behind the prayer? The one that she probably didn't even realise that she was praying She's saying, Lord, look at me. See me. Remember me. Don't forget me. I don't want to be without worth in this life. In her distress, Hannah thinks that she needs a son to give her her place in the world. That was what her culture thought. But the truth is, she already has. All of those things that she feels she needs need in God, if she would only see it. A baby would be a wonderful gift, but a baby can't be the ground of your being. That place belongs to God alone. It's too much to ask of any child or any person to fill that space that only God can occupy. So what Hannah's needing now, more even than a child, is the reassurance that she's not invisible and she's not worthless. She needs to realize that she is not reliant on anything other than the love of God for her value as a human being. And what she doesn't know, but we do, is that the most significant human being who's ever lived never married or brought children into the world marriage parenthood these are wonderful things but they are not the last word on our value as human beings it's God who gives us our identity it's God who gives us our worth and is that what God speaks into Hannah's life through Eli, once the old priest realizes that she'd not been hitting the buck fast as he first thought. do you remember the prayer behind Hannah's prayer? "Lord, look at me, see me. remember me," she prayed. And I wonder if Eli in that moment became the answer to that prayer, the one who embodied God's looking and God's seeing and God's remembering. How often? God ministers directly to us through the hearts and the hands and the voices of other people. The person who takes the time to sit with us as we pour out our troubles or put an arm around us until the shuddering sobs subside and all that's left are the slow cavernous breaths of a person who newly born into possibility because someone has taken the time to listen in that moment of his listening Eli becomes a symbol of God's presence for Hannah and his regard for her God does know God does care through Eli he has heard her story and listened to her pain and dignified her suffering. And now, through Eli, he says the words that Hannah most needs to hear Go in peace. Peace is what matters, Hannah. Not the tenuous peace that depends upon you getting what you so deeply desire but the peace that comes from knowing that you have your place in the world and you have a place in the heart of God, regardless of whether or not you become a mother. Your worth isn't dependent on that. It's dependent on knowing that you are my child. And you are loved beyond measure. as she leaves, Eli says with kindness in his eyes, may the God of Israel give you what you have asked him for. And in, indeed he does in time, for that is Hannah's story. But her life had already changed the moment she left that time of prayer. How do we know? Because the writer tells us that she went away, ate some food, and was no longer sad. Before she became pregnant, before that longed for son was nestling in her womb, she had already come to peace. And I like to think it wasn't just the hope of a child that did that for her, but the realization that as a child of God, she already had her place in the world. And it didn't depend her becoming a mother. I wonder where you find yourself in the story this morning. Are you Hannah? Is something eating away at you? A sadness or a lack that seems to be defining your life? and you're growing bitter about it, trying to pretend things away or numb the pain. There is a better answer. Take it to the Lord in prayer, as the old hymn says, but don't just take it to him, leave it with him. Set whatever it is down you might find that terribly hard if it's been working on you for a long time but you are not your sadness you are not your lack you're not worthless you're a precious child of God and your worth is grounded in him for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And it may not be the hope that you'd hoped for. It may not be the future that you'd been banking on. But never doubt that God has good things in store for you. Because those who trust in the Lord shall renew their strength. Hope comes with the morning. Maybe Hannah's story is speaking to you today. If not, maybe Eli is the person that you need to see yourself in. Can you be Eli for somebody? The one who sees and remembers them in their pain. The one who gently helps them come to another perspective where God and not grief is at the center of their being. The one who helps to put them in touch with God's peace. I sat with a friend a while ago. She was gravely ill. And she was learning that illness brightens people. She'd only opened up to a very few close friends. Some had stayed away, others came but were little help because they didn't really see their friend anymore. All they saw was her illness and its consequences. They didn't know what to say. And a precious few came and treated her as they had always treated her, refusing to let her be defined by the illness that was slowly occupying her body. What do you do in those circumstances? As a minister, what do you pray for? Well, you voice what everyone's hoping for because you share their hopes too. You pray for healing, for clear diagnosis, for good therapy, wise decision making and a positive outcome even though you know that prayer never guarantees those things a good pastor does more than that a good pastor also gives voice to the prayer behind the prayer by saying Lord you see this person and you remember them reassure them of your love and their worth at this time Reassure them that whatever happens, they are held in your hands. Thank you for their place in this world and their place in your heart. And above all, especially in this most difficult of times, grant them your peace. This week, if you need to receive that word from God for yourself, a word that helps you to lift your head from the problems that could so easily come to define you, then please hear that word today. And if you find yourself in the situation where you need to bring that word to someone, someone who is swaying from the blows that life has dealt them, may God give you the opportunity to be Eli, to do that very thing for them as only you can amen and thanks be to god for his word i'm going to take just a couple of moments now to reflect on what we've been thinking about together alan's going to play a little bit of music We're just going to take this time just to reflect on what we've heard and to try and see if we can get a sense of what God wants us to take away from this time and from what you've heard. So it's not forgotten when we leave the building, but leaves you with something to think about and maybe even to work on during the week. So let's just take this time of reflection together. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we bless you that you see us and remember us. The world is so far from what it should be and could be in you. We know that you have not turned your face away, but are working by your spirit to bring to completion the work that you began in the act of creation. We stand this morning with Hannah wherever we find her, the man or woman on their knees, swaying in prayer or prayerlessness, pouring out their sorrow, their anger, their despair to you or to whoever has ears to hear. We remember those yearning for children or struggling to cope with them now they've arrived. Those feeling like they're half the person they once were because a beloved partner or spouse has died. Those whose sense of loss is tied to a lack of self-esteem. Those who have never felt valued or have been valued for all the wrong things. And those who fall and pray to illness and whose souls are haunted by the ghosts of things that might now come to pass or things that can no longer be. Heavenly Father, bring them through time and prayer and love to that place where these issues, though still real and vital, are seen. In a new way because in the silences after their sorrowing they have heard your voice telling them that they are seen and remembered that they have worth and a place in your heart may your words and your presence help them to move on in peace We stand with Hannah this morning and we also stand with Eli. We bless you for those who wait and watch. Who sometimes misunderstand but who keep listening. Those who dignify our pain and sorrow and yet help us see beyond it. May we be like Eli to those around us. Help us serve others with a kind heart and a listening ear, always giving, not expecting to receive. Help us give of ourselves to give of our time and energy to give of our heart and our soul. Help us understand the needs of others and take the time to really see them before rushing into judgment. Condemnation. Help us serve others as you served with strength and compassion, never diminishing the worth of another and choosing to show mercy to the brokenhearted. Lord, at times our hopes, like Hannah's, seem impossible. We pray this morning for all that we carry in our hearts, all the same for you have shown yourself to be a God who can do so much more than we can ever ask or imagine. So hear these and all our spoken and unspoken prayers, because we ask them all in the name of our friend and our Saviour, Jesus Christ. We close our worship now in the words of hymn number 562 through the love of God our Saviour. Go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you all, now and forevermore.